Gotta love Australian crawl, and you know what that means? That means that we are back for another episode, another potty of keeping it real with Chuck Looney and the big fella. And uh, well, episode four already. I cannot believe that we have got so far, and we better introduce the panel as always the great man, the best gloveman ever to come out of Victoria, or so he says, anyway. It is. Well, it's a big show. Oh. <laughs> Darren Chuck Berry. How are you, big man? Well, big fella, that's four weeks in a row. I've warned you. I said, get rid of that song. That is not mine. That is Glenn Maxwell's, and you keep playing it for me. But if you want to keep, you know, just putting the big show on, that is stupid. Uh, I'll just go with my usual line. It's been a massive week in sport, this one, big fella. It's been a long week in sport, once again, because there is nothing going on in sport. Wait till there's actually sport back on, uh, Chuck, and we can actually talk about things. It's going to be crazy, isn't it? Well, it will be. I mean, apart from the horsey races that are going on, and I know that's how we've all come together through the May races, where we sort of all linked up, and, you know, they're going to go ahead, and I know you're involved down there, big fella, with the May races, but... Not to have the crowds will be hard, and that's about all that's going on at the moment. So it's tough. It really is tough. I'm you know, buying the newspapers to read the sporting section and not getting a lot. But look, continue to introduce our guest because you set me a task last week and you said to me, uh, Ludy delivered Paddy Dangerfield. Pretty big name, I would have thought. Tom. Not a bad footballer, one of the best. Massive and you name. said, what have, you said, what have you got, Chuck? Well, I won't spoil the party, but I'll just say, you, you reckon you've got the left bower, Ludy. I reckon I've got the right <laughs> bower, which puts a lot of pressure on the big fella next week to see what he's going to serve up. Well, let's introduce the man uh, all the way from Geelong, former Miranda, former South Australian, former Victorian cricketer and just an all-round good guy. <laughs> And uh, tell you Jimmy. what, Chuck, you reckon yeah. you're filthy on your son, your son, Chuck? What do you reckon this bloke? Where do you reckon he's going? No, I thought a... you were going to run with. I thought you were going to run with me first up tonight when you said the greatest Victorian wicketkeeper ever. But uh, obviously you went with the obviously you went with the fossil. <laughs> went with the fossil. Uh, listen, listen, bald man. How many games did you actually play for Victoria? Just tell me how many. Uh, yep, donuts. That, uh Enough to warrant the best Absolute. club than ever, probably. But anyway, well, actually, Tim, I want to know the answer to that question. How many games, mate? What's happened here? What have I missed? No, nah, none. No, nah, I played <laughs> probably five or six second eleven games. I reckon second eleven. Just Ab- if Chuck had been coaching Ab- the Vicks, though, mate, you would have been in for sure because he absolutely loved you. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> hey, big big show to get through. Now, what about what happened in the last week to you, blokes? You're listening to it. The Warrior. The all-new <laughs> Nissan Warrior. Thanks to Clinton Bolsh. Clinton Bolsh. Waterball Nissan. And this Warrior, boys, is an absolute magnificent motor vehicle. Okay? It is one of the best. He's got huge end of financial deals. 
Get in, ring him, do whatever you want to do, and Clinton Bolsh will hook you up. He has hooked me up, boys, and uh, you're just a little bit too far away, but at some point in time, that warrior might get down the highway to you two fellas. My contacts in Warner will have told me you have been driving around with your head out the sunroof, <laughs> carrying on like an absolute idiot in the Nissan Warrior. Oh, gee, it's a good car, you blokes. It is absolutely What sort of operator? What sort of operator? We know the Nissan Warrior is a magnificent piece of machinery, and we're very thankful to, to uh, the, our sponsor of the podcast. But we were told three cars would be delivered. Well, I tell you what, they haven't got one on the ferry across to the Mornington Peninsula as yet. Uh, I've just been watching them drive past, but none delivered to Mount Eliza, the Nissan Warrior. I'll tell you, at some point in time, you might end up in one because uh, Clinton Bosch, good man, and he is on board as a little bit of a sponsor for uh, for this little podcast. We've made it to four episodes. He was pumped last week with a Paddy Dangerfield one, and let me just tell you, boys, uh, the listens went right through the roof last week. Pretty hard to top that last week, Timmy Ludeman, Paddy Dangerfield. Uh, I'd be surprised if Chuck can top it. I don't know who he's got, but uh, it'd want to be someone good. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to leave our guest. I'm not going to leave our guest for much longer on the phone. I'm going to start a little ditty here. (laughs) Surely, surely that is a clue. I love this bloke. He is an absolute superstar of the Australian cricket team. Just a ripping fella too. And we say a very good evening to Nathan Lyon. How are you, Nath? G'day, gents. How are we? Now, mate, (laughs) I want to know, before we go any further, okay, Chuck must have come grovelling. Has he promised you anything for this interview? Uh, apparently I'm getting one of those vehicles, but um, <laughs> should, be pretty, should be pretty good. <laughs> you look good in one of them too. Uh, mate, listen, seriously, wonderful to have someone of your ilk uh, on, and I uh, must admit I walked out of home tonight and uh, bang, Nathan Lyon on, uh, on the Channel 7 News. You're making headlines everywhere. But I want to know, because Chuck dropped this in our very first episode, and, and I love this story, um, how did you end up playing... Cricket, state cricket. Uh, just purely from uh, Chuck um, seeing me bowl a ball off the roller and uh, just bowled it back to me and he said, shit, you can bowl, so I better give you a go. So that's pretty much the story if you read the papers. So, so hang on. So you're, you're working, you're curating at Adelaide Oval. Is that right? That was your job? Uh, yeah, I was uh, a curator there at Adelaide Oval after doing my time at Marnica Oval in Canberra and made the move down and... Uh, the Mark Sorrell was the coach at the time uh, before Chuck, and he didn't rate me at all. But then uh, he got flicked, and lucky uh, uh, enough that Chuck come along and thought I could bowl. So uh, yeah, I, I probably owe Chuck a few um, cases of, of of tests or something at some stage. <laughs> so, so Chuck, you, this is fair, Nigam. Nathan sent a couple down. You're just there pottering around, obviously getting ready or gearing up for training. And what Nace bowled a couple of little little off spinners down your way or something, and you've got you thought, hang on, this bloke can bowl a bit. We need to get him in the side. Uh, very much so, and I know, Nate, look, this story's been done to death, and we've probably both had a gut full of it, to be honest, Dewey, but I, a lot of listeners haven't heard it, and, you know, Nathan just touched on That's exactly what he was doing. We were having a trial game out at Park 25, and uh, I got the word, I think, to be honest, it might have been Clinton, um, it might have been Cal Ferg, I reckon it was, who said to me, because Nathan was playing at Prospect, you need to have a look at this uh, bloke over there. And, yeah, look, honestly, he bowled three balls, and I rung Jamie Cox, the boss of the Sacker, or the high-performance manager. 
And I said, look, I've just seen the, the best spinner since Tim May, best off spinner since Tim May. And, you know, they told me to get back in my box and I have rocks in my head and he's not even in the squad. And, and I said, well, if I'm coach, I want to pick him in the T20. And they pretty much, you know, without laughing at me, said, but he's not even in the squad. Well, to Jamie Cox's credit, you know, everyone wants to Jamie Cox's credit. He supported me. Nathan got an opportunity in the T20. And to be perfectly honest, the rest is history. All I created was a chance for the kid uh, who was a very shy, quiet, nervous country kid. In fact, exactly like he is now with 390 test wickets next to his name. And he he's pushed the door down and he's done it himself. But, you know, I mean, it's great to be on tonight with two blokes that I know that are you know, maybe have helped along the way, and, and I'm proud of that. Mate, that, that is an amazing story, Nath. Uh, you know, like, and, and as Chuck said, you know, it's obviously been done to death and stuff, but when he told that story a couple of weeks ago, I was blown away, and we spoke, obviously, a little bit about it off air, and uh, we, we said we had to get you on to have a chat about this. Mate... Your cricket career has absolutely blossomed, and I know uh, Chuck just touched on it. Then you're a very, very shy kind of bloke, but gee whiz, you're playing some great cricket. The last, you know, 12, 14 months in that Australian cricket team must be such a great team to be involved in. Uh, yeah, well, thanks, thanks for the little uh, acknowledgement there, but uh, yeah, no, it's been really good fun lately. Um, over the last couple of years, we obviously we've had our challenges and stuff, but personally, I've for the last um, three to four years, I've, I've really feel like uh, my game is, uh, is gone, it has gone and, and is going to a new level, um, which is fantastic. And I feel like I've still got a lot of improvement. So I'm um, looking forward to uh, having another um, bowl, bowl of chucks just to splash a little bit mud on the ducks, Chuck. So we should Beautiful. see how we go with that one. Uh, uh, big fella, if, uh, just to I'll get Ludie in on this conversation because Ludie obviously kept wickets when Nathan Lyon uh, burst onto the scene, so he'd be a good one to comment. But I've got to say, Shane Warne, 708. I mean, and let's be honest, he's the elite, and Nathan would agree. Glenn McGrath, 563. I'm going down the order of the greatest Australian bowlers of all time, and in third position, I must admit, I thought this kid was good. But in third position on 390 test wickets, hey, and don't worry, there's still another couple of hundred in the bag. Nath, you must be actually pinching yourself thinking 390 test wickets from the day we sat in the room at the Sacker looking at footage of the Sri Lankan batsmen and I remember how nervous you were heading over to Sri Lanka and you took Sangakara with your first test wicket. To have 390, it has truly been an amazing story. Uh, you're right. You're spot on, Chuck. It's been an absolutely incredible role, uh, a ride. Um, but um, yeah, it still feels pretty uncomfortable for me personally to uh, look at um, the leading wicket takers for Australian Test match cricket and see my name just behind uh, a long way behind Pigeon, but um, up, up ahead alongside of Dennis Lilly. Ahead of Dennis yeah, Lilly. It, amazing. It, it's pretty pretty amazing um, to be honest with you. So. Um, but Zab, gosh, there's a, a lot more to come. Nath, was your first Ludi? ball in Test cricket a wicket, Sangakara? Uh, yes, Ludi. Surprised you don't know that. No, oh, I do know that. That's why I asked. I'm not sure the listeners would know. But so, so yeah, first ball, your first ball in Test cricket. Yeah, first ball. Um, I remember Michael Clark come up. We were having drinks at the at the time. He said, "Oh, right, guys, you're up," um, and I obviously. Pretty, pretty nervous, and 
uh, Ricky Ponning come over and just could um, just back yourself and back your skill. Uh, then Mike Hussey ran up from mid on and just said, uh, just do it with a smile on your face, which was pretty hard to do. I was pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty nervous to be honest. And uh, yeah, I actually still to today I remember that ball. I thought it was going to be real wide and short and just going to get smacked before, but. Um, I only watched it yesterday, to be honest with you. So living back, back through in, in isolation. So there you go. Just pumping yourself up a little bit, mate. Hey, can I just ask? You've obviously played under some great captains. Uh, you know, Michael Clark. You just mentioned uh, Steve Smith, uh, Timmy Payne. Now, who's and I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but yeah, you know, what was Mickey Clark like? Um, yeah, Pup was um, tactically is probably the best captain I've, I've been under. He was absolutely brilliant, and to be honest, he, I really enjoyed playing under under his captaincy and, and uh, in in his side. I think the way he went about it, he he led from the front, and I think that's what all good captains do. Uh, to be honest with you, so yeah, I really enjoyed my time with Pup. Just an extension of that, Nate, because I think a lot of our listeners would be interested how important a captain is for a young spinner and someone. Who, as you said, when you first broke into the test team, you probably thought, am I good enough to be here? To have the support and the understanding of a captain that actually understands spin, because there's a lot of good young spinners on the circuit that I don't think maybe have that full support. Oh, 100%. That, and that is absolutely vital. And I was, I was very lucky with, with Pup. He was obviously one of the best players of spin when he was batting, but he, he's won tactically against spin, spin bowling and understanding... Uh, the right times and, and when to bowl um, your, your young spinner. Um, he was absolutely brilliant. and So, so I owe Pup a lot as well, uh, just the way he supported me and, and went into bat to met with me uh, for a couple of times. I dare say with selection um, discussions on the table and stuff. But saying that, also uh, Ricky Ponting was absolutely um, fantastic and like mm. so Brad Haddon and Mike, and Mike Hussey when I was first in around that Australian test team. Ludy, tell us about keeping wickets to Nathan Lyon when he first started, because I've heard you talk about it before, and even on this podcast you mentioned, I think you said the best bowler you've ever kept to. What was it like keeping to him when he first started? Yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, I was a young fella as well when Nathan came in, uh, making my way, but to, to have someone burst onto the scene like that, um, you know, for a spinner to get as much turn, bounce, um, drift... Um, that Nathan did, um, you know, for a finger spinner um, was, was quite unbelievable. Um, and he actually bowls at a pretty fast pace. A lot of people think you can just run down and slog spinners, but Nathan bowls at a pretty quick pace where you, you actually have trouble getting down the wicket too. So, um, yeah, it was an eye-opener, and I certainly had to change the way I wicket-kept to suit Nathan Lyon uh, because he was he was so strong in his strengths um, with, with making the ball talk, I guess. Hey, uh... I know you're always... You go, Chuck. Sorry, Stewie. You're, you're always saying, you know, he calls me the fossil and he's right, unfortunately, because <laughs> I've turned 50 and I was lucky enough to keep to the great leg spinner. Not not a lot because he didn't play a lot for Victoria, but I always said, Ludy, and you can tell me, and our listeners, I'm, I'm hoping will be interested, I always felt that a really good off spinner was harder to keep to than a really good leg spinner, and people might find that strange, but keeping to Tim May when I first started and, and I... I'd say Nathan has obviously gone past him now, but to get the drift away from the right-hander and then open up the hole between bat and pad and spin and bounce, I actually found Tim May harder to keep to than Shane Warne. Wow, that's a big call, isn't it? Yeah, I'd 100% agree with that, Chuck. Um, And I think you probably, you know, 
obviously we watched a lot of Nath on TV, but to watch Tim Payne, how he's kept to him over the years um, in recent times, um, you know, the nicks are the hardest because the ball's drifting away but then turning in and then the nicks deviate away. So your instinct tells you to go in towards the stumps with the spin of the ball when if he gets the edge, it goes back towards first slip, which is bloody hard to train and bloody hard to take big nicks and catch them. And Tim Payne has made it look so easy. He's he's an unbelievable keeper. I agree. Can, can uh, over I, can, to you, big fella, because we wanted well, to make I, this the wicket-keeping show, but we'll let you have a question. <laughs> I, I honestly want to ask Nathan Lyon, you must be loving uh, isolation because uh, a little birdie told me <laughs> that Chuck... He's like, uh, you're like his second son, mate. They reckon that he just can't get enough of you. He's always he's always wanting to come around. He's wanting to just take you for a few drills and take you for a hit in the nets. Yeah, is, that, is, that, is that any truth to that, Ludie? Because I heard that this bloke was like Chuck's love child when he was coming through. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. yeah, don't worry. Nate's made the Australian team. The poor blokes are only play state cricket. He's flicked all them and he's on Nate's, coat, Nate's coattails. Don't worry about that. <laughs> any truth to this, uh, Nate? Uh, no, no. I, I, Thank I, you. I don't agree with that, actually. But uh, if Chuck wants to come around and do some more bowling lessons, he's more than welcome. I, I heard you were close to getting an AVO put out on Chuck. That's how desperate you are <laughs> to be hanging out of your coattails. Keep your distance out, turn it up. You're looking for the two metre. You're gonna when you come out of this isolation, Chuck will come running up to give you the big man hug, and you'll be like, "Hey, Chuck, two metres, mate. Self isolation here. Just leave it for a while." What What was he like as a coach? What was he like, Nate? Come on, tell us. What was he really like, Big Saka? Well, I actually really enjoyed playing under Chuck. Um, I thought one one big strength of um, Chuck as, as a coach and or as a person is that he actually generally cares about about your players and. Each yeah. and every one of them. I know Ludy said he jumped off all the other plays in, in, throughout the squad, but I'm pretty sure that uh, he, he cared about everyone. And he was willing to do anything um, for for his whole side. So um, yeah, so I, that's one big big thing that I really love about Chuck. Can I ask Chuck, like, what's it like? Like, you know, you're coaching at state level, right? You've got a bloke like Nathan Lyon that's playing some great cricket. We had Chatty Says on a couple of weeks ago, obviously playing some great cricket. Like, what happens to the Australian selectors? Because I've got no idea, but do they are they in constant contact with you guys that are coaching at that level? And are you putting names forward all the time? Are you pushing their barras? Yeah, they are. And I've obviously run out now. We've had Chad Sayers, Tim Ludeman and Nathan Lyon. They're me three love child, so I'm done. No more guests <laughs> from me. I'm cool. <laughs> but but they, they were, Stuart. And, you know, I mean, he, he did arrive very quickly. And we'll get off the seriousness because I want to hear what he's up to. But, you know, he arrived very quickly. And it was like, who who is this bloke? And and uh, I remember at the time the, the selectors ringing up and saying, you know, what do you really think about him? And and honestly, all I kept saying was he's the best off spinner that I've seen since Tim May. Because honestly, and I haven't said this very much publicly, a lot of off spinners bowl around the ball in Australia. They try and bowl tight and contain what we call nude off spin, uh, uh, big fella. And, and not a lot of turn and stuff. Nathan Lyon just straight away, the way the ball came out of his fingers, there, there was a click in his fingers that I've only heard in the leg spinner. The, and the way that it flew out of his fingers up and it got dipped, and it was clearly just a natural thing because he hadn't been coached a lot, he, a little bit in Canberra before he came to Adelaide. So I just saw the raw material, and with that, you know, I was pretty keen to get him into the scene. So probably enough of the serious love story. Uh, no, what have you yeah, been doing yeah. in isolation, in all seriousness? And 
I know you've spent a bit of time with your two beautiful girls, Harper and Miller, and I know they're very close to you. And any funny stories, dad stories? Have they, you know, dropped anything on you or anything? Um, what have I been? I've just been um, turning into a kindergarten and year one teacher, so I've been back <laughs> doing my ABCs and uh, one one plus oh, no. two type stuff. But um, I, so I've learned a lot over the last three weeks. But um, one. I have noticed if the girls want something, it goes from dad to Gary quite quickly. So, <laughs> so when when you That's get amazing. called Gary, uh, is that when you're kind of in trouble, or is that the fun kind of dad? Uh, it's more more the fun fun type of one. Uh, Dad's probably the more serious teacher one. Uh, my youngest one, Miller, she's forever running around saying "Nice Gary" and just taking taking <laughs> piss out of me. To be honest, nice so. Gary. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> Hasn't that become a catch cry though? Seriously, I googled oh. that before on YouTube, and there's that many clips on the old. Uh... Nice, Gary. Just a little bit. But when you, when your own little girl saying nice, Gary, <laughs> you know that that's quite extraordinary. Like oh, you don't. Brilliant. brilliant. I, I can't wait for a couple of years' time when uh, when Ludie's little girl, little Macca, she's calling. Nice, Benjamin. You know, <laughs> Benjamin Button. <laughs> can I, mean, can I ask who, who started the nickname? Who, who? Where did that come from originally? Uh, Graham Manu, actually, he was the first one to call me uh, Gaza. So it was a uh, obviously um, down playing down there in South Australia when when I first started. He was, he was a keeper just in front of Lude. So it was actually yeah, chalk. And, uh, One of the great wicket keepers, Stewie. Very, you. very, very long, good. long way. Very good. Long you. way in front of Lude. <laughs> very, very good. Have lovely. you ever met Gary Lyon? Well, actually, um, I'm not sure if you've seen the footage, but uh, I launched, launched this big torp at the AFL Grand Final last year, the longest kick, and uh, that was the first time I ever met Gary Lyon down there. And, and he does he love it? Like, cause, uh, you know, it's a bit of folklore for him now, isn't it? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know the fellow, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he would love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get, you couldn't Nathan. get two more opposite blokes, though, could you, Ludie? I mean, Gary Lyon and Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon, the quiet country boy, affable. Uh, Gary Lyon, country boy from Kyabram, big head, doesn't talk to anybody. <laughs> oh, can't it? I've met Gazza a couple of times. He's not a bad lad, Saka. Oh, I know that. I'm only why I'm hoping to. So what we do, we, we get Gaz to listen, then we get another thirty thousand followers. Ludie, <laughs> <laughs> come on, you've Nate, got to, you've got to have that, a bit of you've got to have a bit of mail on Nate. Surely you've got to have some dirt on him, mate. Oh, well, I've got two things I've wrote down here as soon as I found out um, he was here coming on. The first one is I've got a lookalike for Nate, which I'm sure it's been done before, but I've always <laughs> said this. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg. Which one came first? Was it? Nathan Lyon or Gargamel off the Smurfs. <laughs> Very hard. He's a, he's a dead ringer. <laughs> Nathan, I've heard it all now, Luke. No, I've heard it all. I don't need to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, other one, the other one is, have you had your drone out over isolation? Because I heard a little birdie told me that you were occurring Ooh. in South Africa, and obviously international cricket gets pretty boring when you're living out of your hotel room and you got the drone out on a on a windy 30 knot wind day and thought you'd be a bit of a hero a bit of a legend i'm nathan Lyon. i can do what i want and the old drone went up and then ended up coming down about 10 kilometers away and you couldn't find it and you're roaming the streets of durban trying to find your drone <laughs> 10, 10, 10 kilometers is a bit, bit of stretch but i need to give chad says a call and tell him to pull his head in but uh um, I, 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 
I did fly the drone out out from my bedroom. I thought it was pretty talented to get it out there. I didn't realise how windy it was, and it did end up on the on the building about um, 300 metres away. And I had to get the team security guard to come with me, and uh, had to actually take the shirt off my back to give it to the security guard to uh, allow me to go up the top of the building to get it. Love it. <laughs> That's gold. That is great. That is great. Now, listen, one more series before we uh, before we go on to a little quiz we're going to have a bit of fun with. I was going to say, uh, where you at? Like, what's a a word? You know, like, obviously from Cricket Australia, what are they saying to you guys? When do you think you possibly might be back playing uh, some cricket, mate? Uh, Well, it's a hard one to answer, to be honest, because we're technically on leave now, and I was meant to be landing in, in England today to go play county cricket, so... It's a bit, it's like everything else in the world at the moment, it's up in the air, but um, obviously Bangladesh has been postponed. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with the one-day stuff in England later on this year, but uh, we're just going to have to um, wait and see, and fingers crossed that um, that our summer isn't, isn't affected as much as what the AFL and league boys and everyone else is copying at the moment. Big fella, I know I know you got a quiz, but I and I said I wasn't going to be serious because I wanted to be lighthearted with Nate tonight, but... And he probably won't talk to me after this, but I think we've got to now be able to laugh at a very, very serious moment. And I hope Nathan doesn't mind me going there. But I, I actually want him to tell our listeners how he felt, because I always thought that he was not only a good spin bowler, boys, but he was one of the best fieldmen off his own bowling and one of the best fielders in the Australian cricket team. (laughs) And we recently, boys, we discussed, we watched the test, we downloaded it on Amazon. And I mean, seriously, if it was a bag of shit, he would have been covered in it. A little lobby throws come in to win the ashes. I know it's very serious, but Nate, what the... Yeah, what happened? Seriously, brother, what happened? You know, you know, it actually, you won't believe it. It actually hit a sprinkler's head and then kicked off. And that's why I've still got the bruises. <laughs> still got the bruise on my chest, to be honest. So um, I just wanted, um, just I actually wanted to get him out properly. And I actually did. And that, you did? Joel Wilson, just, Joel Wilson doesn't want to play LBWs anymore. So just fingers crossed I don't cross him. <laughs> used up that leg before that actually pitched on the next pitch. Yeah, that was uh, that. That's probably the worst thing about it. To, to be honest, Pony's um, review system, but we're we're getting better at that. So, uh, so we'll you're here. We go. Nate, so, Nate, you are Nate, telling I know us. It was a series. I was going to say, so you're telling us the ball legitimately hit the sprinkler head. <laughs> no, no. I'm oh. <laughs> oh, Jesus! I that's thought I felt terrible for you because you copped the pasting over that, and I'm thinking, oh, well, it's oh no. That's, uh, uh, it's one of those things. We got the stand there and hold the urn at, at the end of the day. But, exactly. I'm proud to sit here and say that I played in probably the best test match to, to ever been played. So, um, yeah, it was one of those days, I guess. That was a freak test match. Uh, Have you watched that series, the test? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've gone watched watched all of, all of it a few times, which... Uh, has been um, hard to watch in, in parts, but um, then it's pretty pretty enjoyable to uh, see Payne lift the urn up at the end of the day, to be honest. Now, Ludy was scathing on this last week because he reckons that there was a fair bit that was kind of set up. Didn't he, Chuck? He was scathing on it. Uh, he, he wasn't a massive rap on it, was he? I thought it was good, but, uh, you know, Nate, was there a lot of... Yeah, Ludy said it was too manufactured and stuff like that. 
Oh, I didn't say it was. Uh, I just all I said was I won't watch it because I feel like as soon as you put a camera in front of someone, it's not authentic. They're just not going to be one hundred percent the person well, they are. Let me just say this, and um, I've brought up a raw nerve, a new answer, Nate. But the day after that episode that I've just tried to make light of, when the cameras were in the meeting with Justin Langer, and he wants you blokes to re-watch that, I, the look on your face, and I know you pretty well, <laughs> I know the pain in your heart, and I'm being serious now, mate. That wasn't manufactured; that was serious pain. Uh, yeah, no, that was. That, the thing is, Lordy, um I understand what you mean. I reckon there, there might have been a couple of people without naming names might have changed around the camera. But Andre, the guy who was uh, filming it, he, he did an exceptional job with, with it, setting up cameras without us even knowing. Um, so there was a lot of the footage that I've watched in that docker that I go, oh, shit, I didn't even realise there was a camera there or <laughs> didn't even know that they were recording that. So um, I understand what you're saying and stuff. But, um, yeah, I was pretty surprised and pretty impressive with the way it actually come out, to be honest. I'm tipping Finchy didn't realise there were some hidden cameras there either, didn't he go off a couple of times? <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're always the good ones, the batters blowing up. <laughs> hey, now let's let's have a quiz, OK? Last week's soccer, of course, Timmy Ludeman took on Paddy Dangerfield. Now, Paddy's a king of fishing, let's be honest, but uh, Ludie absolutely towed Paddy Dangerfield up in our quiz last week, Ludes. You must have copped a bit of kudos walking the streets of Geelong uh, during the week, mate. Oh, mate, I didn't go outside, unfortunately. Isolation <laughs> and everything. But, uh, Fair call. Fair I would have copped it, I'm sure. <laughs> Fair call. Yeah, right, eh? You're playing it by the So race. what do you got for us, big fella, well, here tonight? This is, this is your turn, Chuck. So you've got to take on the great Nathan Gary Lyon and, of course, got that famous nickname, Gary, that we all know. We'll just uh, give it another little go nice, again. Gary. Give it another. Just a little bit. What? That's too short. Nice, Gary, yeah. So what we're going to do the quiz on, uh, the quiz is going to be on famous sporting nicknames over the journey. Okay. Now, Nath, uh, we are going to be playing for, uh, what do you like, mate? What do you you like to drink? Uh, I thought we were playing for one of those youths. Well, well, I'm happy. I'm happy to actually Clinton Walsh, the Nissan Warrior, end of financial year deals. Great segue, Nath. You're learning the game really, really quickly. This is fantastic. Yeah, I'm in the market for one, actually. <laughs> hey, mate, seriously, go to our sponsor then, because if he sells you one, I'm tipping mine's going to get taken straight off me and straight down the highway to you. Big, that... <laughs> big fella, you've made a mistake, Nathan. Lyons, you don't sell them to Nathan. You give them to Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, your buzzer is your name. On, your buzzer is your name. We're going to go with Gary for you, okay? So just test your buzzer there, Gaz. Gary. Gary. <laughs> Saka. Your buzzer's Char- going to. You want to be Saka or Chuck? Saka. Saka. I've never heard of Saka. Where's Saka come from? Tell him the tell story. Him, tell, him. <laughs> tell him the story, you Chuck. Tell him. Uh, well, of course, when he had his Twitter handle, he used to come over to my races, and everyone used to call him Saka, and I thought, oh, that must be his nickname, you know, and it kind of developed, you know, along the journey, if you know what I mean, like Cox, Saka, and all that kind of stuff, and we had a bit of fun with it, but it was actually South Australian Cricket Association, I didn't realise, because... Saka, it was Saka. When, when he come back across, <laughs> when he got the arse, he come back across, and the Saka was gone, and I couldn't work it out, and the boys said, you realise why Saka's gone? I said, no, and they told me, and I felt terrible, because I kept calling him Saka. Uh, another, mistake. <laughs> another mistake from Stewie, so now it's Cox Saka. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> Righto, let's go. The quiz is nicknames. Okay, Ludie, you are going to keep score, big fella. Uh, Gary, Righto. good luck. Chuck, good luck. We're playing for the all-new Nissan Warrior. End of financial year's hail down <laughs> at Clinton Bowles. <laughs> He's absolutely loving it. Let's go. Question number one. Which former AFL footballer went by the nickname Sauce? Gary. Zarka. Gary, that's definitely you, mate. Uh, is it Stephen Silvani? Stephen Silvani. And for an extra point... That'll be one zip. Extra point two. Uh, what did Sauce stand for, Gary? Uh, was it his old man called Serge Savani? Yes, mate. Son of Serge, S-O-S, Sauce. And, of course, the young kids are called Sauce as well because son of Stephen as well. So that is two zip. Two zip, I, I don't think my buzzer's working because I got Sarka in first there, but I'll let the guest have the first point. We'll just lower him into a false sense of Nissan Warrior. All right, mate. Let's go. A little, little bit of cricket. A little bit of cricket for you blokes here. Which Australian cricketer? Went by the nickname Tugger. Tugger. Oh, definitely Gary. Oh, definitely geez. Gary again. Go, Gaz. Go, Steve Waugh. <laughs> of course it was. What a great nickname. One of the great. greatest all, uh, all-time nicknames for mine. Okay, question. Three zip. Three zip. Saka, you're going to lift here, mate. If you want the warrior, you have got to lift. Question number three. We know him Saka. Only... Yes. <laughs> Yes, just I making sure my buzzer was. I was just making sure my buzzer was working, dickhead. You've gone premature, mate, which happens quite a bit. They tell me down Mount Eliza Way. Let's go with the question again. We know him only as Tiger Woods. What's his real name? Gary. Gary. Yes. Um, that that would be Eldrick Woods. <laughs> You are getting towed up here. A bath. You are getting towed <laughs> up here, Saka. This, this is, is quite so... amazing, Stewie, because Chuck's normally all over the freebies as well. Free you <laughs> all over this normally. This is unbelievable. Righto, question number four. Saka, this is just for a bit of pride, mate. Sure. The brick with eyes was which famous rugby league player? Gary. Yes, Gary. Glenn Lazarus. <laughs> Sporting quiz guru. You obviously didn't do much curating. (laughs) I didn't. Too many bottle uh, bottle caps. All all under the super drives. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Mate, what normally happens on this show, right? What normally happens on our podcast, we get the guest. But we actually last week gave Ludy all the answers. No, tonight, we didn't. Tonight, tonight, Nathan, the plan was we were going to do sporting grounds around the world, and in comes Stuart with nicknames, and he fought to do all the answers instead, and goes Sarka looks like a cocksucker. Gary, Gary, that <laughs> is not the case. That, that is not the case here at all, is it, Nathan? <laughs> the toy, the toys are going out of the cockchuck. <laughs> Absolutely, they are. Is this the best of ten, or is this? We're going to keep going, mate, because uh, Nath is absolutely pulling your pants down here at the moment. Question number five: Which basketballer features on a local betting mob and goes by the nickname "The Answer"? No idea, Gary. Oh, no idea, Saga. Gary, over to you again, buddy. Oh, this is this is a wild punt. Is it Alan Iverson? That's him. That is him. <laughs> a yeah. wild punt. The answer. I'm going for the fullest inquiry here. Points bet. Points bet. All over at Alan Iverson. Right, a question number six. Saka, can we get you on the board? The Rowapindi Express was which international? Saka. Oh, Gary. Oh, Saka, I'll give that one to you, big fella. 
Uh, I'll just have a I'll just have a wild guess. Uh, show of that car. <laughs> Listen to the fans. Shark is on the board. He's stuck. He's on the board. Shark. I know what's happened here. I've just uh, no, just you... tweaked the uh, the uh, bald man from Geelong has flipped the answers to the bald man from Young. <laughs> <laughs> Not happy. I can guarantee you that has never happened. We would never do that on this podcast. One more, just okay. for a bit of fun, bit of shits and giggles. Which American basketballer went by the nickname The Mailman? Gary. Gary. Tucker. Go, Gaz. Go on then, Chuck. Come on, Chuck. Who is it? <laughs> Paul Miley. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he play for the Perth Wildcats or the North Melbourne Giants, the Mailman? I said American basketballer. No, he was was American. He just played in Australia. (laughs) An American no one's heard of. Who was it, Gary? I don't know, Give us the answer. Carl Malone? Of course it was. Everybody knows Carl Malone, the Mailman, because he always delivered, Chuck, just like you've delivered on this quiz, big fella. (laughs) Seven last donuts. I'm very proud to lose to Nathan Lyon. I, I must admit, you know, you give a man a chance and then he just treats you like that and rubs your nose in it. Bloody unbelievable. Oh, I love it, mate. I love it. And uh, guess what, Gaz? That brand new Nissan Warrior mate will be coming down the highway. Where, where are you living? Where's residence, mate? Can we get one up to you somehow? Yeah, just in Balmain. That'll be great. <laughs> I reckon Bulgy's got a satellite little uh, <laughs> satellite station up there. We might be able to get one too. Hey, mate, in all seriousness, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, big fella. You're, you're having a magnificent career, and uh, as Chuck said, plenty more wickets to come too as well. Uh, fantastic stuff, and we're going to really watch your career uh, in earnest uh, from here, that is for sure. Too easy, guys. Thanks for having me. What a great man. Thanks, mate. What an absolute great man. And Chuck, I must say, mate... You've come through with the goods, big fella. I was questioning your uh, your name dropping there a couple of weeks ago, but you have delivered in spades, big fella. Hey, we've been pretty good. We've been lucky. I mean, Chad Sayers, we started small, in fairness, with Chad. Small hands. Uh, Ludie's delivered Patrick Dangerfield, and then we've just had the goat, uh, on which is great, you know, and, yeah, the love story was nice. But, as I said, mate, he's a, he's a humble champion, a uh, quiet country kid that's made good, and I, and I love those stories. So now, Ludy, the pressure, the pressure falls squarely on the shoulders of the driver of the Nissan Warrior. <laughs> well, the <laughs> Nissan Warrior's heading up to Belmain, I'd say. And uh, I don't know where the Bolshie's going to be too happy. He's probably got to fuel it to get up there as well. So he's going to be gutted. He's going to be shattered. What a ripping fella. <laughs> Probably should have checked with Bolshie before we offered one on the program, but that's all right. The way we roll, I like that. Uh, and make sure you get online. In all in all seriousness, check out Clinton, Bolsh, Warnable, Nissan, because they have got some cracking deals. And if you drop the potty, I'm sure he'll even give you a uh, an even better deal. Talking about spinners, boys, I want to ask you guys your top three, mm-hmm. first and foremost, your Ooh. top three Australian spinners. I reckon number one is going to be the same for us all, but give us your yep. top three spinners. And I'm, I'm leaving... Our guest out, purely and simply because I wanted to go back in the archives a bit, but take us through your top three, Timmy Ludeman. Top three of all time, Australian only. Yeah, this is Australian only. We might do international as well. Mm. Okay. Um, I'll go Warren, 
Lions at number three. Lions at number two. Right. Warn Lion number three. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw an odd one out there, and I'm gonna go Stewie McGill because his record, although it's not massive, his actual numbers as far as strike rate and average goes, he's better than Warnie's. I forgot about Stewie McGill. He was good, wasn't he, Chuck? Uh, very different to Warney, big spinner of the ball, uh, not in the same category, but a very good record, as Ludy said. So that's a, yeah, it's a different one he's thrown in. Chuck, you want? Give me your three, uh, two, one. Bryce McGain, <laughs> none for 149 on debut at South Africa. <laughs> Jason Crazier. No, no, let's be serious. No, he actually, mate, he was stiff. He got 10 for in a match. Didn't play on anything after that. 12. Uh, number one's obvious. So, 12. Let's lock Shane Warne away as yeah, the greatest. I'm locking him in my number one. He's a gun. Freak. Yep. Now, I'm, I'm hoping Nathan's hung up because if I haven't got him at number two, but I haven't got him at number two. And when you said uh, all time, the first name that came to my head, and I'm just, I'm sort of stalling because I'm trying to look up his record, to be honest, but I, I'm going to go number two. Yeah, but here it is. Have, have a listen to this. Only 37 test matches, 216 wickets at 24. Can I guess? A bit, yes. more of my, bit more of my vintage, Luge, yes. Clary Grimmett. Clary Grimmett. Now, that's an old timer. Wow. 37 tests, 216 wickets at 24. I mean, my maths ain't great, but that's a pretty big haul every test. So I've got Warren at one. The old Clary Grimmett, legendary figure, and I've read about him at number two. And then, given we've had the great man on, I'm going to put uh, 390 wickets, Nathan Lyon at number three. Yeah, beautiful. Righto. I'm locked in at Warney. Okay, number one. I've gone for just entertainment value. Growing up in the old one-day internationals and that, back in the day, Channel 9 used to love it. I've gone at number two. Uh, Timmy May, you mentioned him before. I love watching Timmy. Jeez. Used to, I used to Hang love on. He was a character. I used to like watching yep. him. Yeah, what were you going to say? No, so are these your favourites or the ones that you think were the best? My favourites. My favourites oh, to okay. watch you're, you're on the favorite. big screen. Yep. And I'm going to chuck in one from left field. Ludy might not even know who I'm talking about here, but the great Peter Taylor. Remember Peter, Peter Taylor? Peter Taylor, the left armour. <laughs> the, the left so, armour. No, you Peter who? <laughs> the moustache. I used to love watching him. He used to get excited when he'd get a wicket. No, it was good fun back in the heyday. Yeah. I don't want to I've got a question you, for you, uh, I, I don't want to disappoint you blokes, but part of this show is we take the piss out of each other. L- clearly, Ludy didn't know who he was. You've included him in your favourite <laughs> players as a left armer. I'm sorry to disappoint you that he bowled right arm off spin, you idiot. <laughs> I thought when Ludy threw the left armer in, I'm thinking to myself, geez, I don't know whether he was a left armer. I just went with the right left There's no way spinner. you can stuff that up. Ludy, and when, what are when you he doing made his debut. When he made his debut, the headlines were Peter Who because they thought they were going to pick Mark Taylor. Ludy was only about 64 years of age at this stage, Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> they thought it was Mark Taylor, and it was actually Peter Taylor. I like the name, and he actually bowled really well in one-day cricket for Australia. So nice, nice little name there, big fella. I liked him. I liked him. But Ludy, he was a right arm off spinner. I've I'll propose a question then for you yep. while we're talking spinners. And um, hopefully Nathan definitely isn't on the line. He's gone. Who's a better off spinner out on Lion and Swan? Graham Swan, that is. Oh, that's a great question. I, I'm obviously on with Lion. 
if he's on the phone or not because he's an Aussie. <laughs> he's an Aussie, an out there yeah, no. Aussie, and he's a superstar. You can't go. You can't go away from that, Ludy. Surely. It's not a bad one, Ludes, because Swan, yeah, Swan was good, I must admit, but I, I think Lyon is the quintessential, over-the-top, you know, rips the off spinners, gets bounce and spins. So I think he's better at his craft. Swan was a crafty bowler for sure, but yeah, yeah maybe with a bit of bias, but I think we're probably, we're, we're going, you're not going to put yourself out. You've asked the question, but do you think Swan was better well, than Lyon? Well, just let me read some um, statistics to you. Nathan Lyon, 96 tests, 390 wickets yep. at 31, with a strike yep. rate of 62. Graham yep. Swan, 60 tests, 255 wickets at 29, and a strike rate of 60. Yep. So statistically, Jeez. he's a better bowler. But I, I'm I'm back at Nathan every day of the week. And might have been playing him. on more spinning but, tracks too, I reckon, Swanee. Just while you've got your stats there, Ludie, have you got, because I've got here that Nathan's taken 18 fivers and three tenfers. Have you got swans there or not? No. No, no. no. no that's 18 fivers. And that, I haven't that's got not it a bad, That's not bad, is it? That's brilliant. 18 no. times it, five, three times ten. He's I don't reckon swan, now, swan would have had that. I want to ask one more question. Apart from Warney, okay, we love Warney, best spinner in the world. Okay, who is the next best spinner ever? Starting with you, Saka. Uh, well, again, if we're talking statistics, and I don't want to discredit, but I mean the greatest spinner of all time statistically is obviously the Sri Lankan uh, off spinner Murali. Can't say his name properly, and uh, you know, yeah, that's it. And my nickname, apart from Saka, is is what's this podcast? This podcast is called what? Keeping it real. <laughs> Chuck. Thank you. That'll do. Okay, so we'll leave Murley at 800. Might have just had a little bit of bend, you know, every now and again. And so Actually, I only just realised what you were saying. Yeah, right, eh? Because yeah, I, well, I, I had an asterisk next to his name, so I didn't include him. You know, my, Outside right. of Warney, my all-time yeah. favourite spinner, was Philly Tufnell, boys. He was an absolute superstar. Loved playing it up with a crowd. Couldn't field for shit. Was a terrible batsman. Oh, yeah. Was a terrible batsman. <laughs> but, geez, he could bowl her on every now and then, couldn't he? Yeah, no, that's a yeah, nice name, Phil Tufnell. <laughs> Who, Ludy? Come the on, cat. throw another name out there, Ludy. Uh, there's so many good subcontinent spinners. Olga Harath from Sri Lanka. Little left arm uh, tweaker. He was a he was a genius. I think he's about eighth or ninth on the all time Test wickets. Jeez, oh, I've never even heard of him. There you go. Hey yeah, boys, Rangana Rangana Hurrah. Four. I'm looking at it now as we're flicking through. Four hundred and thirty three wickets at twenty eight. That shocks me how good that is. And we've left out the half a dim sim. We haven't got him in there. <laughs> Four hundred and seventeen wickets to half a. Who's the Half a dim sim, half a young sim. Terminator. The Terminator. I love following him on Twitter too. He's a ripper. And of course, the great, the great Violet Crumbly, uh, Anil Kumble, six hundred and nineteen. Wasn't too bad either. Oh, he bowled medium pace. Unbelievable. Hey, listen, that's enough cricket. Enough cricket for this podcast. Fox right. Footy during oh. the week had their top fifty games. Counted down to uh, to number one. What were your thoughts on uh, the best game, boys? And of course, it was the 2016, uh, sorry, 2018 AFL Grand Final between Collingwood and West Coast. Your thoughts, starting with you, Ludie. 
Uh, I actually watched that, and it was a bloody cracking game. It was definitely worthy of the winning award, but um, I'm a Geelong supporter, so I had to choose a Geelong game. Um, and I had to go past the Peter Riccardi goal after the siren at Docklands. I reckon it was about 2002 <laughs> versus Carlton. And I think, I can't remember, it might have been, uh, I can't remember if it was on the mark, it might have been Lappin and uh, claiming that he touched it. And the ball, he's kicked it from outside 50 and it's still carried through goalpost height to win the game and he's claiming he touched it. But oh, was that, that was, oh, was that one that of the great, game? great games. I oh, was at that oh, yeah. game, boys. Yeah, it was at that game. And I'm not a Geelong or a Carlton supporter, but I was at that did game. Did that make the top 50? And it was unbelievable. It did make the top 50. Sharka, what about your thoughts? Uh, well, Stewie, I know you work in local footy and I've been very lucky in my life with the sporting things that we've been able to do. The thing that I enjoy most in my life, I've got to say, that anything that I've done in my life, what I love doing is commentating the AFL footy and I'm glad that K-Rock have given me an opportunity to do that. Um, called a lot of great Geelong games and called some premierships, so it's one of my highlights. But what, probably a memory that sits with me when I was a kid. I went to the MCG and I was only eight years of age, so this is why it sticks in my memory. The 1977 drawn grand final between Collingwood and North Melbourne. North Melbourne, yep. Massive crowd and I was eight years of age and just that was my first real taste of the MCG at a full house. So that sticks in my mind that, you know, the siren went and they all lied on the ground and they were swapping, and it was a drawn grand final or a tie, whatever you want to call it. We had to come back. I didn't go to the replay uh, the week after, but uh, the 1977 draw, and the one that sticks in my mind for all the wrong reasons, Stewie, we talked last week that as a kid I was Fitzroy because I'm a dad, but I become a passionate St Kilda supporter, and I reckon I still have nightmares, um, and I'm sure Stephen Milne does, mate, 2010 yeah. against Collingwood. <coughs> that elusive premiership uh, that I haven't seen one in my lifetime as a St Kilda supporter. So 2010 granny, Collingwood steal it off the Saints. Um, well, because of the bounce, it was a draw, and then Collingwood belted us in the replay. Boys, I'm all over the 1989 grand final, the best ever for mine. It had everything. Mm. It was back when football was football. Uh, you know, the start of the contest when Big Mark Yates took out Dermot Brereton. Brereton stayed on the ground. He kicked a goal. Ablett kicked his bag. Um, it was just one of the great games, I reckon, of all time. Dipper was virtually dead at the end of that contest, and he, he, had, he had cracked ribs and punctured lung, and it just had everything that game. Absolutely everything. Yeah. Hard to argue with that one, Stewie. Can one I just, of the greats. Can I just share a story? Mark Yates, of course, uh, cleaned up Dermot Brereton that day. And uh, we touched on Paul Couch uh, a couple of times, actually, in this podcast. It was Couchy's funeral a couple of years ago. And uh, mm. we, we were kind of, you know, like we were meeting a few people for lunch. And uh, one of those people was, uh, a couple of those people were his former teammates. And uh, little Peter Mertens, you know, Murdo, the little ex-jockey. Um, yep. ripping little fella and uh, we met at the pub across the road from Cadinia Park just up from the Cadinia Cafe there and uh, Toby Bairstow of course uh, mates with the great Greg Eyes Kelson he met, met us there and poor old Toby struggled to fit through the door to be honest he's put on a bit of nick since the old playing days and uh, it was it was quite funny because you know a few of the ex-players were kind of coming in and it was a bit of a meeting point and a catch up then to walk over to Cadinia Park for the service anyway 
little uh, Peter Mertens obviously didn't twig on, and and I must admit I didn't twig on early early days myself who this certain fella was, and we end up having a couple of beers before we went over to the funeral and stuff, and uh, as we're wandering across the traffic lights there to go over to Kadinia Park, and you know Murdo's talking to me, and we're kind of walking, there's four or five of us walking together, Toby and this other fella, and Murdo turned around to me and he goes, oh that 1989 grand final, he said it brings shivers down my spine, you know that mad prick from Geelong that ran off the line he fixed up Brereton and Mark Yates was the bloke that was walking across the road with us and he turned around he said that was fucking me mate (laughs) 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 and little Murdo didn't know what to do he didn't know where to look and we all just roared laughing and uh, it was just a funny little story Murdo had no idea I must admit I didn't actually because Yates had put on uh a little bit of Nick, you know, you just didn't didn't look like uh, the Mark Yates of 1989, that is for sure. But, uh, yeah, great story. Great story, that is for sure. Just a little bit of sad news during the week. And I know you blokes, uh, I don't think you really know uh, who I'm talking about here, but Tim Brooke Taylor. As a kid growing up, I was a bit of a goodies fan, you two. Uh, and you boys yep. tell me that you've never, ever watched the goodies. Is that right? Yeah, I'm guilty. No. Uh, not good. No, I know no, a lot of people true. did, but... What, it wasn't ne- on my agenda. You never ever watched it as a kid, Chuck. I, I, look, I don't. I don't remember watching. I mean, it was. It wasn't a goody goody gumdrop sort of. I mean, I remember it, but yeah, no, I was probably more uh, lost in space and a uh, long time ago before Monkey ruled the world and uh, <laughs> Doctor Who and all this type of crap and Seven's Big League. So no, I never got into the goodies, but I know it was sad during the week, and, and a lot of people have sent that out on Twitter that. Uh, you know, sad loss, a lot of friends of mine. So I apologise, Stewie, that I wasn't a goodies fan like yourself. Well, I was, and uh, you just touched on it there. You know, you can remember kind of the goody-goody gumdrops and the theme song and that. So what I'm going to do with you two blokes is just have a little oh, no. competition, a little competition between the two of you. You've been absolutely teared up already on this podcast, uh, Chuck. We don't want to see <laughs> Once it Once is enough. We do not want to see it again. So what I've done is I've got uh, five or six themes from really important shows back oh. in time, okay? And I want, and our listeners will be playing along on the podcast. I want you just to chime in and tell me what it is, okay? What the sure, show is. Sure, sure. You get, I hope you got to remember I'm 35 years younger than Chuck. Yeah, but you... So I hope you've catered for that. You look a lot but, older. But you, you, you look 65 <laughs> years older. Yes, mate. You look like you were floating around the 80s and maybe even the 70s, big fella. <laughs> so let's start off. Have a listen to these themes. These are some golden oldies. Chime in whenever you'd like. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, that's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new Come on, you two. No idea. Chuck? Maybe it's I'll a good one. but I can't. I can't. Oh, that was easy. That was the littlest hobo. Remember the yeah, dog? No. Like the big wolf-looking dog? You've got to remember, though, Stewie, when you do these quizzes, right? I mean, I know you're all enthusiastic, but that these shows only showed in Warnable, mate. They never were on mainstream <laughs> up here at Mount Eliza. Yeah, well, so. they, they wouldn't get to Mount Eliza, I'm tipping you. Know, that is for sure. Right, next one, okay? That's a nil all draw. We're off to a ripping start. <laughs> right, ripping next, start. surely you know this one. Come on. Come on, you blokes. 
Give us, give us a clue. Set in a bar. Uh, no, I'll just say Sarka. Starts say with cheers. C, rhymes with beers. Cheers. cheers. Yes. Sarka, you're back, big fella. Cheers. What a show. What a show that was. I should, get, should, get, I should get my wife. I should get Kath to do this because she would know all of them. She, she watched more TV right. in isolation for the last 23 years. Keep going. Here we go. Next one. Next one. This is a little bit. Oh, look, this is up your alley, Lutes. Okay. Exciting and new. Yes, Saka. The love boat. Have you watched the love boat, Looney? No, can we get something from the 90s? <laughs> Mate, these are all in the 90s. They would have been rerunning in the 90s. I don't know what you were doing. I was about five or six then. Yeah, Naranda South, mate. What was going on? Right, this is up in the. I think this is up in the. I was probably milking cows, mate. You know, working hard. Right, next one. What would you do if I sang if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Come on, surely you've seen this show. Lend me your ears and I'll sing oh, you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. We need a, we need a clue. We need a clue. I know it's easy and all our listeners are saying, Chuck and Lou, you've got no idea. This shows that, mate, all I watched as a kid, honestly, all I watched was sport. I never watched TV. Oh, so give us a clue. That was the wonder years. The wonder yeah, I need years. <laughs> Righto. Yeah. This, is, this is the next one, okay? Surely. I reckon it's probably more up your vintage, Chuck, okay? Thank you for being a friend. Come on, Saka. Don't Travel let me down here. the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Oh. Nah, Saka's going to have a guess, but it's wrong. But uh, I don't want to disappoint you, Stewie, because you're putting a lot of effort today with this. And uh, <laughs> Ludi and I have offered you hot jam donuts. Oh, mate, I can't believe it. These are like hits. I, I told you. You've missed our genre, but uh, that was Laverne three. and Shirley. No, it's not Laverne and Shirley, but think about, remember the three old ladies? Stewie? Yes, Can yes. I just say, there's a reason me and Chuck played state cricket, because we were probably out catching cricket balls, and that's why, <laughs> that's why you were Correct. going to the big fella, because you were sitting there watching TV. <laughs> that was the <laughs> golden girls. That was the golden girls, you blokes. Seriously, you don't know the Golden Girls. Our potty listeners are going to be listening to this game. What's quit. happened? No, one more. I think, one more. I think we should quit. I'm going to say quit while we're, we're one, ahead. one more, and if you don't get this right, one is that is it. I'm telling you. Ludi. Yes, Ludi. Is that up, Grace? Who? Grace, the movie. No, no, off Greece, <laughs> off Greece. I got, I got no idea. I, Come on, Saka. I even tried. I even tried to cheat. I went running out to the kitchen to get Mrs. B to listen to that. By the time I got there, Ludi had chimed in, so I didn't even listen to the clue. <laughs> Surely, like the big moustache, you know, like big moustache. Remember, uh, he actually well, started a movie that was made Magnum in Magnum P.I. Yes! <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. Berry. Mrs. Berry's got me on the board. Magnum <laughs> P.I. 
<laughs> Thank Christ for that. I can tell you that was terrible. We might do a little bit more of that next week, okay? Some some themes. And if people listen to our podcast, drop us a line on our Twitter page and let us know some of the ones uh, that you'd like to hear. Boys, been a big show. Been a big, big show. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, Nathan, I thought Ludi and I were very good in the quiz at the end. I reckon that's probably... I mean, can you cut this up, uh, uh, big fella? Maybe cut that last four minutes out, I reckon. I'm not cutting it out, you blokes. That was embarrassing. That's what it was. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. And uh, no, Speaking listen... of embarrassing, big fella, have you have you got one more thing to say? I don't want to spoil the party before Actually, we let Ludi do his impersonation. Ludi, have you got something? Ludi, happy wedding anniversary, big fella. Happy wedding anniversary, oh, legend. You. Thanks, Julia. Chuck was uh, the MC, so no doubt he remembers fondly for uh, two years. Do you know what? And uh, when I told the missus I was sitting up here recording a uh, recording a podcast instead of going out for dinner, I was, uh, I was in the good books. <laughs> but you're not allowed to, mate. Anyway, self-isolation. <laughs> yeah, point. take away. Uh, good point. Go and make more babies, Ludie. Get in there and get amongst it on your anniversary <laughs> night, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> Two years uh, today, you know, it came up on my Facebook today, actually, uh, must have been a photo we had at Ludie's wedding, and uh, two years today. So uh, I've got to be honest with that one, Ludes. I, I did give Stewie the heads up, and I thought he'd forgotten about it before you do your your impression to take us out. But uh, two years today, and uh, yeah, Laurie deserves a medal for that. I would have thought. <laughs> Absolutely, she does. What was he like as an MC, Ludes? Ah, uh, when he wasn't talking about himself, he wasn't too bad. Can <laughs> <laughs> I just say though, Laurie is a very smart person because she's gone down the path of Benjamin Button. I'm getting better by the year. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Very, very clever. <laughs> what impersonation you got for us tonight, mate? Uh, I think I'll stick with the cricket theme and I'll go Richie Benno, probably. Oh, a little bit of Richie. We should have mentioned him in the great spinners, really, shouldn't oh, we? Oh, actually, that is bad of us. That's terrible. People are going to be hailing us down. We should have had Richie Benno in there, 250, 248, 248 test wickets at 24. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, Richie, Richie, you took 248 at 24. I've probably thrown you off the scent. What do you got for us, Rich? Come on, Rich. Yes, and welcome back to Keeping It Real with Chuck Ludy and the Big Fella for the first time today. A short time ago, we caught up with Nathan Lyon and what a treat it was. The GOAT, the greatest <laughs> of all time. If I'm not the greatest goal of all time, I'll go, he, I'm the greatest spinner that's ever played for Australia. Not Nathan Lyon, but geez, he was good to listen to. And what a good podcast. Keep it up, boys. <laughs> good work, Richie. Well done, Richie. I love it, boys. We're going to go out with a little bit of Paul Kelly tonight, too. Leaps and bounds. I love this song. And I'm just hopeful. I'm hopeful we might get some AFL footy back on, boys, before this year runs out. There, boys. See you, legends. Love your work. Have a Enjoy. Listen. Have a listen to Paulie Kelly. I'm not here. 